I don't want to do either of those things. Yeah, but if you had to, though. I found out on Monday that I have rugby ball shaped eyes. And wait, 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 Carl, just let me stare into your eyes for a minute. Not that I don't always do that when we're talking anyway. Look, look at my beautiful rugby ball eyes, apparently. No, but I'm just, no, well, I'm just thinking about it now anyway. Isn't everyone's eyes rugby ball shaped? Apparently not. They're, ob- they're like oblongs. Although well, I know eyeballs are actually ball shaped, but from what you can see, they're oblong shaped. My eyes are really beady, I've noticed. Like, I always look I always look like I'm, like... You're plotting something. You look shifty. <laughs> I look like I'm doing a racist Chinese caricature. Even even raising my eyebrows, my eyes are still beady. Look. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's dangerous having a picture of myself there. I'm just, I'm just captivated by my own image. Oh, yeah, I went to have an eye test because I was having these headaches, and they said, oh, it's probably to do with your eyesight, so go and have an eye test. And they said... Um, You've got rugby ball-shaped eyes, whatever that means, and they're fighting against each other or something, so they've prescribed... What? What? They're fighting against each other? My eyes are fighting against each other, fighting for dominance. They're like a married couple, I guess. Are they trying to fight until at one point one falls out and you just have a middle eye in the middle of your head? Yeah, just one of them's going to reign supreme and I will just have the eye. The eye of Sauron sticking out of your skull. Yeah, it'll be on my forehead, so yeah, it'll be perfect. Um, and then I should be able to see into the future. Are you sure you went to an actual optometrist and not just some dodgy bloke on the streets? Like your 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 eyes are rugby ball shaped and they're fighting with each other? It, no, they they they're giving me glasses. That's what I was getting to. Did they, did they say you're nearsighted, shortsighted, or is this a separate thing altogether? It's called, uh, let me just Google it, because if you Google rugby ball shaped eyes, it tells you what my thing is that I've got. (laughs) I have got astigmatism. Oh, I've heard of that. I hadn't. I came out and Megan was like, oh, um, so what did they say? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, they said I've got rugby ball shaped eyes and uh, I've got stigmata. (laughs) (laughs) They told me I got rugby ball shaped eyes and I'm the second coming of Jesus. (laughs) You know, what the usual thing when you go for an eye test, right? They lo- they lo- they looked into my eyes and saw the face of God. <laughs> they all bowed down before me and said, my Messiah, my Messiah, we praise you and your rugby ball shaped eyes. Of course, I was going to say, um, it'd be a bloody heathen if she didn't. Exactly. And I was praised everywhere I walked from then on. People would just drop to their knees and bow before me. You mean that people weren't doing that before? A lack of respect. I know. I, I demand respect when I walk through town. I expect everyone to lay down in front of me so I can walk across their warm bodies rather yeah. than have to. And have, and have someone always walking in front of you playing a trumpet or, or no, smooth jazz, <laughs> a saxophone in front of you. I would like a guy dressed as an old-fashioned bard with a lute, singing of my exploits as I wander through the streets. Isn't that what we all want, Kyle? Well, it's what we should all have, I think. No, 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 no. If everyone had it, it wouldn't be special. Plus, that would be chaos, absolute chaos, if every single person on the face of the earth. Yeah, because then the bards would have to have a bard. That would be an infinite loop. The entire world is just a circle of bards covering the (laughs) circumference of the earth.
just a ring of bards circling <laughs> the earth. You could see them. It's basically like a purple ring around the earth, and you can see it from space. That's amazing. That is a, that is a, that is a beautiful image. Anyway, we set the scene. We have a choice. We must decide on the correct answer. I'm Kyle. And I am Nathan, triumphantly returned. And this is If You Had To, though. And as Nathan rightly said, the boys are back in town. The boys are back separate towns because we, we're talking over the phone so we're the boys are back in towns yep tearing up our own towns in our own individual ways yeah i mean yeah we, we right now both of us are at separate raves yeah i'm not sure how you have time to record a podcast while you're like constantly raving the night away no i mean i i I'm, i always have a live feed of you carl everywhere everywhere you go don't you then you have one of me i've I'm always talking to you every second of the day. Yeah, I did. I did wonder what that um, that voice in my head was. I thought it was like I thought that was my conscience. <laughs> but I never, I never tell you not to do things. I'm like the opposite of a conscience. Yeah, you're like evil Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Hey, Carl, Carl, look, a small boy. <laughs> you should smack him over the head. Look, a row of baby ducks. You should set them on fire. <laughs> I mean, ducks are mostly in the water, so it'd be pretty hard to set like, to set the entire pond on fire. That is your challenge, but I believe in, I believe in you, my child. I know you can do it if you really put your mind to it. You can murder innocent ducks. So the premise of this show is that we create scenarios for each other, resulting in two possible outcomes. We'll discuss each outcome's pros and cons and decide definitively on the correct answer. So Nathan, this week I'm going to tell you a scary story. And how do all scary stories start? With flowers, sunshine and hope. Oh, you naive boy. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy cliche. And Nathan was having his usual stroll through the graveyard. I'm terrified of cliches. Something people should know about you, Nathan. You love strolling through spooky graveyards during the witching hour. But thankfully this week, you've decided to bring two of your good friends. You've actually brought along friends this time. I know usually we establish that you have no friends whatsoever. But this week, you've convinced two people to come along to the graveyard with you. Where all friends love to hang out, yeah. I say friends. You met them in the pub and they sort of followed you as you stumbled out and just took your lead, basically. Are we, are we skipping through the graveyard? Yes, hand in hand. Um, what were your two friends' names again? Federico and Bernicerana. Yeah, and you all became friends because of your uh, shared love in fancy dress. Oh yeah, we, we are all dressed up at the moment. Um, Federico is a Victorian um, nobleman. Bernicerana is dressed as a buxom um, western cowboy wench. Yeah, naturally. And you're dressed as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How did you know? You know me so well, Kyle. I've got the pi- I've got the pigtails. You got the little dog Toto, although it's uh, obviously a stuffed one because you're not allowed near dogs anymore. <laughs> that, yeah, not after the court case. So Federico says to you, "Oh, I, I've just got to pop off and take a leak." He dives behind a bunch of gravestones and. You know, you've had your eye on Benicerana for a long time, so you're like, right, this is finally my chance. You start putting the moves on her, but obviously she rejects you. So you end up just, like, hanging out in silence, um, and you're like, it, 10 minutes passes, 20 minutes pass, and you're like, 
where's Federico? You know, he's been gone a long time. He said he was just going to go for a leak. Um, and you're getting kind of worried now. And I've been reje- I've been rejected 20 times. That, I mean, that's how I count time in rejections. Hey, you want to go out? No. Hey, you want to go out? No. Hey, you want to go out? No. So you're not overly worried. You know that going for a leak takes quite a long time. But uh, Benice Serrano's getting quite worried about uh, Federico, so so she suggests that you uh, go and look for him. That's just the excuse. She's just desperate to get away from me. So you both go searching for Federico, and you're searching through this uh, dark and foggy graveyard. Suddenly, before you stands a vampire. Oh, no. Um, and the vampire has blood all round his mouth. Um, his fingernails are caked in blood, and he's licking the blood from his nails. And there's like a pile of blood... Uh, pile of blood? More like a puddle of blood on the ground before him. I was going to say, how could a blood be a pile? Just a pile on top of each other. A block of blood. <laughs> yeah, it's like the band Puddle of Mud, but it's a puddle of blood. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you explained the concept of a puddle of blood to me through, through the concept of a puddle of mud. I mean, also, you said like the, like the band. As it, it, so they look like the, the pile of blood, puddle of blood, looks like a bunch of band members lying on the floor, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying, yeah. yeah. They're, in the sh- they're in the shape of a bunch of guitarists and drummers. So you see this vampire and this blood, and you start to put two and two together. You start to think, you know, Federico's disappeared, and there's a vampire here. Something, Something's not quite right here. Something's going on. Oh, so, something's up here. Something's a tad amiss. <laughs> something's amiss. What ho? What do I see before me? So this vampire looks at you, and he seems to be considering you and thinking, hmm. Oh, is he, is he a proper old-fashioned vampire? He's got a cloak, he's got a cape? Oh yeah, definitely. Think Bram Stoker's Dracula. Think the, the, you know, the stereotypical vampire. He looks like no one would look at him and think that's not a vampire. That, that's the first thing you would think seeing this guy. Wow, that's a vampire. It's not one of those newfangled millennial vampires that don't put in the effort. No, they don't drink pig's blood. They don't sparkle. They're... You know, he, he's not wearing, you know, cool, sexy, modern clothes. He's got a cape. He's got a cloak. He's surrounded by smoke and mist. He loves to spell. You mean count? As in Count Dracula? I love to count. <laughs> oh my god! I was even thinking. I was even thinking in my mind about making a one-two-three joke. Well, maybe he loves to spell and to count. You don't know. Vampires are weird. Remember, Carl. We're, ne- we're never wrong. That's a fact. So whenever anyone at home thinks that we've got something wrong, you are wrong about what you think is right. So you turn to see what Barisa Rana thinks about this, and she is gone. She she ran away like ten minutes before you even realised. You were just standing, staring at this vampire for ten minutes, taking in his like non-sparkling glory. And you're a smart guy. You know that if Barisa Rana has run, you've got to run. Um, so you turn away and you run as fast as you can, trying to get away from this vampire. And you run through this graveyard, jumping over gravestones, you know, kicking them down in your wake, when suddenly you come face to face with a real-life werewolf. Oh my god! And you see on the floor, torn to pieces, is your beloved Barisa Rana, um, you know, just her skull has been ripped apart, and this werewolf is covered in her blood. <gasps> Do I see Benisa Rana? So, was the blood the vampire was licking was Federico's? Yep, the two friends that you've made this year 
both been killed in the same night. Oh, no. So the werewolf looks at you and he's sort of, you know, sizing you up thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on one second. This werewolf saying that, that Benicia Rana wasn't enough for him. The bastard. She was the beautiful woman. I bet she was delicious. He's just not appreciating her enough. So now you've seen a vampire and a werewolf and you're completely terrified by this. So you jump out of your skin, turn and run in the opposite direction. Uh, But unfortunately, you end up in a dead end and you turn around thinking, you know, maybe there's some hope. But unfortunately, the vampire and the werewolf are walking sinisterly towards you. Are they are they are they dancing towards me while they're doing it? Yeah, they're like clicking their fingers at you like sixties gangsters. And the werewolf suddenly turns to the vampire, noticing him, and he's like, Oh, you're right, Brian. I didn't realise this was your patch. And the vampire says, Yes, Clarence. This is my patch. This is where I go to kill people and to turn them into vampires. Ah, uh, Clarence and, and Brian. And Clarence says, oh, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to eat him. I was just going to turn him. So, you know, if you want him, you can have him. And Brian says, well, I was going to turn him too. I too already have eaten. I had a lovely big Bernicerana earlier. Very tasty. You take him. Nah, nah, you take him, mate. No, you take him. I insist. I insist. Hey, I have a name. Thank you very much. Bloody rude, terrifying, immortal beings. And Brian says, You know what? Let's let the human decide. The the who cares about his name human. Would you rather human be vampire or werewolf? So your would you rather for this episode is basically, would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? That is a question. I don't know if it's the question. I mean, again, it, I've gone for quite a classic would you rather question. It is. That is quite a classic one. Um, you're, you're really, um, you're really going for the classics. So, what are the pros and cons of being either a vampire or a werewolf? So, if I was a vampire, yeah, I'd be immortal. I can, I can turn, I can turn into mist and a bunch of bats and fly away. I can do amazing dance routines in front of a mirror with a beautiful woman and make her freak out when she looks over and sees nothing there. You would become very good at counting. I, I would be able to count. All these years I've wanted to count, but I never could. There's actually a thing in the law of vampires about counting. It's why, it's why most of them go into accounting. Well, there's that whole thing about if you drop a box of pins on the ground, uh, they'll have to stop wherever you've dropped it and count them all. Like, um, or mustard seeds. People used to spread mustard seeds around the outside of their houses. And uh, if a vampire turned up at their house before trying to come inside, he would just sit there and start counting up all the mustard seeds. Are you saying real things here? Yeah. Mustard seeds. Are they all, it's not ADHD, is it? Um, What's the thing? Obsessive compulsive disorder. Is that how you escape from a vampire? Yeah, just always carry mustard seeds with you. They also can't cross running water or black cats. They have a lot of... This is too many weaknesses. They need one weakness. They're already allergic to garlic, sunlight, black cats, water, machine gun fire, fire. (laughs) If you sneeze on them, they burn up immediately. (laughs) They're allergic to sass. 
If you if you have an attitude with a vampire, they just can't handle it. No, all right. We'll just stick to um, sunlight kills okay. you and a stake through the heart kills okay, you. Yeah. Other than that, you're immortal. I was going to say, because the, the pro for being a vampire is basically being immortal and being noth- almost nothing can hurt me. Whereas that version of the vampire that you were reading out of, I'd be even more vulnerable than I am right now. <laughs> Right now, I can cross. I can cross water. I can. I can walk past a bunch of mustard seeds without having to count. Yeah, and if they're all in front of someone's house, you know, you you got to stand there all night picking them up. The sunlight comes up, and you burn to death. Oh my god! And what if someone dropped a bunch of mustard seeds in a lake? Well, you wouldn't drown. I, I, yeah, you wouldn't be able to swim. So I'd just be at the bottom of the lake for the rest of eternity. Well, that would be. Good. That would be lovely. Um. What about, do you know any crazy weird lore about werewolves? Like, um, they, um, if you, um, If you throw a squeak toy, they must charge after it. (laughs) And whenever they, whenever they see a, whenever they see a black cat, they have to do an Irish jig. Yeah, and they're very vulnerable to having their tummies rubbed. Like, as soon as someone starts rubbing your tummy, you're, you know, you're a puppy dog. But in this scenario, these are, these aren't... We're ignoring the classic literature lore of werewolves, like how if you um, if you cough in front of a werewolf, they consider it really rude and just get really upset with you. No, no, we're we're, we're focusing on the classic movie werewolves, the movie version of a werewolf where so transformed under the moonlight, full bestial personality um i mean this this one's quite intelligent he's got a name he he's wearing a suit and tie he's got a monocle <laughs> i would say it's not quite full moon yet i'd say the next day would be the real full moon when you would go completely feral uh, so it's like you, you'll have like four or five days where you okay. are transforming and then the fifth day you would just be a monster so if you didn't want to kill people you would have to lock yourself away at that point Yes, that's that's the thing. That's the main thing about werewolves, isn't it? They have yeah. no control of themselves. No. I was turned into a vampire. Yeah. Although I guess when you're a vampire, you do have an irresistible lust for blood, which um, yeah, there is that. Now I'm thinking about it, it doesn't really change that much about my life. Mm. <laughs> it just means all it means is I can't murder people in daylight anymore, which would really hamper my style. It's like, would you would you be fine drinking human blood? What if I if I was a vampire? Yeah, that's your main source of food. Like, you don't really eat anything else. You just drink blood. But when you're a vampire, you love blood. Like You love the taste of it, yeah. But would you rather that be your life, going out and drinking people's blood? Or would you rather just be a normal person, be able to eat your normal food every day, but then once a month you have to lock yourself away with a few steaks? I don't know. Having to Having to drink blood all the time. I mean, at the moment, you know... I have some human blood once every special occasion. Yeah, yeah, on your birthday. Or... It, 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 it would it, it would it would demean it to have to have to drink human blood every day. You don't you don't have caviar for dinner every day. You don't eat lobster every day. It's not you a know, delicacy you, after a while. Exactly. You you drink the blood of a virgin once a month just to stay uh, young, as part yeah. of a, you know when you're hosting a big party. 
with some nice champagne, nice wine. I don't know why I'm having wine and champagne. Some nice. I'm not even having dinner. I'm having some nice wine, some nice champagne, some shots, some whiskey, some cider. I think I've got a problem. You've got a problem. Like we we we've established that you've just come from the pub with these <laughs> random strangers that you met. This is more of an intervention than a uh, podcast. But, this, but that's a completely separate. Po- would I, 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 oh God, I'd be an alcoholic vampire. You would indeed, <laughs> or an alcoholic werewolf. And if you were an alcoholic werewolf, you would forget on the when the full moon was. You would be passed out drunk, transform, and then just tear your place to shreds. So yeah, that's the thing. A vampire has a little more self control. I'd have to feast on human blood once a day, but I could still, you know, I could still walk around at at night. At night, yeah, you could still go to the bars, yeah. I could walk around and day only if i was really covered up like if i wore like a huge coat and a hood and was always like had it fully over me yeah and had a big umbrella no part of me was actually in i was wearing gloves no part of my skin was exposed to the sun yeah people would just think you were a goth (laughs) i would be i'd always be impeccably dressed fine fine cloak shiny cloak um slicked back hair I would be um, suave and... Oh, now that might be a benefit. Be so much better with the ladies. I wouldn't have to kidnap them and handcuff, handcuff them to me anymore. I'd just slide along in the bar and, you know, whisper in their ear and say something seductive like, Hi! I mean, I'm not a vampire right now, yeah, so I'm no, not really sure yeah, what a vampire would to, say. Um... I, don't, I don't have the natural magical confidence that comes from being an undead creature of the dead an undead creature of the dead yes in all the in all the dictionaries and books under vampire it just says the undead creature of the dead yeah i just really want to make sure that you get it it's like when when they, when they die and become a vampire they are dead they are deceased they're no longer living they are they are they are a former human they're dead they're dead 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 so i would be better with the ladies i'd be suave and sophisticated i would be impeccably dressed I would be able to to fly across town in a in a mist or turn into a bat, um, and nothing could hurt me apart from sunlight and a stake through the heart. In this day and age, who carries stakes around with them anyway? Yeah, I know that 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 that, that fad went out with the uh, with the with the seventies, just randomly randomly staking people in the chest. It was a fad, you know, in the sixties and seventies, but um, it, it died out. It's political correctness gone mad, is what I say. It really is. Not even allowed to carry a wooden stake with you when you go to work. No, not allowed to just stab someone through the heart and say, aha, I've killed the beast. The little mini wooden hammer that people would uh, <laughs> hammer the stake in with as well. So all I would just have to avoid going out in the day. I would have to get a job. I'd, I'd still want to live somewhere. I don't, ha- I don't have a fancy European castle. Not yet. Do I naturally get one when I become a vampire or do I still live in a flat? It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem appropriate for a vampire to live in a flat. I mean, Brian doesn't really give a shit. As soon as, if, he, if he's the one who turns you into a vampire, then the next day he's just going to drop you off. Uh, some, he's just going to drop you off at like the uh, homeless shelter. I thought Brian was the werewolf. The Br- Brian's the uh, vampire, and I can't even remember what I called. Carlos Fangs. They call they call him Fangs for short, anyway. So ah, cool. He's got a cool nickname. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Although both of them could technically be called Fangs, but <laughs> one's called... oh no, one's called Fangs, 
and the other is called Claws. Fangs and Claws. They're like a they're like a buddy cop. Are they also de- are they a buddy cop detective? They are detectives. They were they were trying to find out who the murderer was, but then it turned out it was them. There was that was the twist at the end. They were both investigating murders, and it turned out to be their partners. And they're like, "Are oh, you been killing again, Brian? Yes, silly sausage." Claws and fangs, claws and fangs. Everyone loves claws and fangs. That's the theme tune. I would, de- I would definitely watch that that buddy cop show. The werewolf is the gruff, like uh, no nonsense. Let's get down to business, cop. And then you've got the vampire who's very straight laced and um, what's no, yeah? I've just said, said the, the other yeah, yeah. Is, is what one is very serious is this like the tagline one serious the other is serious watch the hilarious hijinks as they both do their paperwork <laughs> on time treat treat suspects with respect and civility and thoroughly investigate crimes meticulously and carefully the non-odd couple that everyone's been dying to see competent cops Every episode is just them at their desks, doing paperwork, talking to people on the phones, <laughs> going through security footage. It's like it's 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 a very boring show, aside from the fact that they're a werewolf and a vampire. Yeah, that's the whole gimmick. The writer, the writers depended entirely on the gimmick of vampire werewolf detective, so they didn't even bother coming up with a plot. No, exactly. It's like the show's called um, Claws and Fangs. The competent cop show. <laughs> the tagline is just "they're way too competent." <laughs> Every, I was going to say that as a review. They're just too good at their jobs. They solve every crime within five minutes. They turn up at the crime scene and go. Yeah, they they just point at each other. And then the ne- and then, yeah, exactly. And then the next forty minutes of the show are them doing the paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> Fangs, pass me the Johnson report. There you go, Claws. Cheers. And then it's just them writing silently for about 40 minutes. It's a good show. It sounds... It, it really is. I'd still watch it. Yeah, it's a gritty, realistic take at a cop procedural, apart from the fact that it's a vampire and a werewolf. Yeah. So anyway, you're, you're going to become one of these things. <laughs> so I will get to be one... I will get to be their plucky assistant. You, yeah, you'll be the little sidekick that uh, they get to bring them things. You're the comic relief character. <laughs> You come in during season two when they need to, like, amp the show up a bit more. I have to choose which one of these amazing people do I want to... So basically, you get everlasting life, but you can't go out in the sun and you can't allow wood to pass through your heart, which... But I'm dressed impeccably. Yeah, you're very pasty. I'm always cool. I always appear out of nowhere and always say a really... I always say really ambiguous lines like, oh, yes... Celine, she's a beautiful young lady. She, I, why, I could just devour her. <laughs> yeah, you always do the weird little laugh at the end as well. I could just gobble her up. <laughs> um, or you would be yourself, basically. Just you, regular old Nathan. But then once a month... Yeah, I... I... I thought I was a werewolf. Not, not much would change, really. Like, like what happens at the moment, once a month I go on a crazy, complete and utter, out-of-control rampage where I kill every single person I can see in sight. And it, only this time, it might it would be a little easier for me. You would just prefer your stakes rare. That's probably the only everyday difference you would notice. You would prefer more raw meat. Because, yeah, if you're a werewolf, you still live your normal life. 
month to month, you're still living your normal life. It's only um, the week of the full moon that you get to change. You get to. It's a privilege. I mean, honestly, it sounds it, it sounds better than my current deal. I can't I can't howl at the moon. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably unleash a lot of anger. Actually, you like get it all out when you turn into this wolf person. You can like vent all of your anger. And like I said, I can't count. So being a vampire would be amazing. Um, what what skills do werewolves have? Um, they're good at basketball. We know that to be true. Yeah, it's a fact. That is a fact. The first fact of the episode. Come on, we're like fifty minutes in. We've go, we've gone a long long time without a fact. We were we were holding back on them for a while there. Yeah, but fact number one for this episode: werewolves are very good at basketball. This is quite a tricky one, actually, because they are both so cool. Yeah. Another thing uh, for werewolf: heightened sense of smell. I would definitely want to be a vampire. <laughs> again. I'd still be living in my flat. <laughs> I don't want a heightened sense of smell. Yeah, your dirty laundry just tossed across the floor. Those pizza boxes that have been on the sink for the last month. I'm just looking at my flat right now to see how much of what you're saying is accurate and how much of it is you taking the mick. You've just got that bowl with... You're not quite sure what was what it was, but now it's green and, like, growing eyes. <laughs> I just, it's, it's bubbling and just going... Kill me! <laughs> you can't actually pull the spoon out. It's actually stuck inside the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going for werewolf? No. <laughs> so you're going for vampire? <laughs> you, are you trying to reverse psychology? You want to be the vampire, don't you, you bastard? I'm going for vampire. I'm going to be a suave, sophisticated ladies' man of the night. Just just like I am right now, of course. But the um, only difference is I can appear out of nowhere in a mist. I slide along and I get to live forever. And I get to say ambiguously sinister things. Yeah, and people don't really bat an eyelid. You'd be great at uh, Halloween parties as well. Because people would, people would just be like, oh look, he's come as a vampire. And you'd be thinking, I've come as myself. <laughs> yeah, so it would be good all round for everyone if you were a vampire. Absolutely, a good re- all round for every single person. <laughs> God, how? That made no sense. I said something that made no sense. You agreed with me and ran with it. And then I was just thinking. I doubled. I doubled down. That's how much of a friend I am to you, Carl. When you say things that are wrong, I, do, I don't. I don't correct you. I double down and make you believe even even more firmly that they're correct. When I say that you being a vampire would benefit everyone, you agree that yes, that definitely would be the case. So there you go. Everyone knows that if you've got the choice of becoming a vampire or a werewolf, you become the vampire. Actually, literally, no reason for it whatsoever. You just become the vampire. Because they're cool. Cool and sexy. There you go. You want to be cool, become a vampire. They're cooler. They're definitely cooler than werewolves. So yes, now I am an unholy creature of the night. Suave, sophisticated. But you know, I'm not going to forget the little people. I'll still make time for you, Kyle. I will always make time for you, hanging out with you. I just, I find your... Your company delectable. Would you would you care to join me, Carl, for a drink? Would you care to come over for a bite? <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you, Nathan. That's so sweet. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I'll come over for something to eat. It shall certainly be delicious. 
I don't know what accent I am doing. You, Kyle, you, you know what happens to you? What happens to me? Well, you were playing your weekly poker game. I play poker almost every week. Almost every week. Almost every week. I mean, some weeks I can't make it. Some weeks I've got a backgammon game. Some weeks I've got my pool game. Some weeks you've got Parjon. Some weeks you've got illegal dog shows where you're just breeding dogs in the black market. (laughs) Some weeks I've got open mic night. Some weeks I've got karaoke. I mean, if we're going to keep inventing them, we're going to come up with 52. And that's going to be... Basically, every week of the year, you're doing a different <laughs> thing. So I'm not always doing poker. That's what that's what I'm trying to get across. No, no, not always. You're not always. I think that's what we've established. I mean, I, I mean, I do play poker with a bunch of dogs. I'm like that painting. Um, you're playing your weekly poker game with your old friends from your dark, mysterious past. As you gather around, saying ambiguous things, talking about fr- old friends that aren't there anymore, ones that... Ones that got caught by the man. By uh, by claws and fangs. By claws and fangs, yes. You're discussing your past, you're smoking, you're having a, a lovely time. Cigars, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. Big Cuban puffy, puffy cigars. The, the cigars shouldn't be puffy, but you're, you're puffing them. <laughs> I'm puffing the puffy cigars. <laughs> it's, it's actually um, one of the blow-up cigars that you give to kids. <laughs> And you've also got those little um, sweet cigarettes that they gave out to kids in the 90s. Oh, yeah, I'm pretending to smoke with one of those. Candy cigarettes. That was a weird thing. Why were they giving out candy to kids in the shape of cigarettes? I don't know. Well, it's it's start them early, isn't it? You start them with candy cigarettes and then move them on to the real thing. So you were with your old gang. You were with Mr. Squeak, the duck-billed platypus, Mrs. Fubutsvonot, the blue whale, Sir Reginald Theodore Fosuf, the hippotamus, and Bob, the baboon. The old the old gang. The, the good old guys. Yeah, good old Bob. He's always good for a laugh. Yeah, the ones you used to hang out with in your wild youth. What was the name of your gang again, Kyle? I, I always forget. What? My gang? Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the rough and tough gang you used to hang out with in the mean old streets of Bogner. Uh, Kyle and the beastly greasers. Ooh, scary stuff. We were a scary band. A band? Did you say band or gang? You said gang. I did not say band. You, were, you, you meant you meant band of merry men. That's what you meant by band. No, we were definitely a gang. We would go around whacking people's mailboxes with our baseball bats. While clicking your fingers. Yeah, clicking our th- fingers. We would all have greased back hair. <laughs> every every few minutes, you take out a little um a little hairbrush and just brush it back. Yeah, it was it was interesting that the uh, whale would also have this big head of hair back then. Obviously, he's bald now. Yeah, I mean, that, again, that, this is back in your, your your youthful days, back when you all had good hair, before you all turned into ugly old men. So you were hanging out with the gang, the cool the cool cats, the digging dudes, the Carl's band of... Kyle's beastly greasers. Grease lightning. Grease lightning. No, we were just called grease lightning. You're drinking and laughing, laughing and drinking, putting liquid in your mouths and making noises with your, with your mouths. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when all of a sudden, when all of a sudden there's a knock on the door, it's, it's your old enemies, the rival gang, the Aristocats. 
Oh. No, that, that, you've just never got on. Not since the, the old days when... Not since you smacked their mailboxes with a baseball bat. Exactly. They could never forgive that. No, O'Malley hates me. So, they shoot through the door with their Tommy guns. Of course. And their bazookas and their, um, their nuclear rockets... Um, basically, it's it's just it's a massacre. It's horrific. It's it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. I mean, the poker cards have been ruined, and all your friends are dead. But mainly, the poker cards have been ruined by your friends' blood. The inconsiderate bastards. Your friends didn't didn't think to bleed away from the cards. Just horrible. So you've you <laughs> wait a minute. You've invented all of these amazing animal friends for me and killed them off in the first five <laughs> seconds of your story. What are you talking about? Invented. This is the gang you used to hang out with. I know you're grieving, Kyle. And the only way you can cope with your grief is to pretend that these are imaginary invented characters that I just made up off the spot. Okay, so so I'm on my knees mourning over my playing cards, <laughs> surrounded by dead animals. Screaming no at the sky. You're, you're doing all of that while you yourself are bleeding to death. Oh, I've been shot as well. Yes, go. I mean, you were in the same room with all these people. How the hell did you think you would have avoided the bullets? With your Matrix-style jumping-out-of-the-way skills. I thought the fact that there was a whale there, I might have had some sort of shield. <laughs> but no, apparently not. But the, the, hey, hey, um, Miss, Mrs. Fabutzelnot has been on a diet. Don't disrespect her. That's just rude. I thought you were friends. Well, not anymore. She's dead. And so what I like about her. Screw Mrs. Forget-Me-Nots. Well, I'm glad to hear what you'll say about me when I'm gone. I mean, I never, obviously I never have to worry about that because I'm now an immortal creature of the night, but still. So, they're all dead and you are barely clinging to life. Um, you're taken to the hospital, barely hanging on when your doctor, Dr. Completely Insane Doctorson, has a, a brilliant idea to save you, and he decides to merge your pathetic half-dead body with animal and cybernetics. Oh, good. It's so crazy, it just might work. Is he using the dead parts of my dead friends? He absolutely is. He's using the dead parts of your dead friends. Of course he is. I mean, it was, it was the most convenient thing. Your fr they were lying. They weren't using their bodies anymore. Yeah, haven't they brought that new thing into effect where everyone who dies now is a uh, potential organ donor, no matter what? Yes. So, yeah, they're now all organ donors for me. They've actually brought it into effect that when you see someone dead, you're allowed to just cut them open and pull out whatever organ you want. Or if they're sleeping and they look kind of dead. Yeah. I mean, if, if they're in a heavy enough sleep, they're legally dead. Yeah. I mean, if they don't notice you sawing their arm off, they don't <laughs> need it, do they? It's like when I sneak into the old people's home. And steal their organs. Yeah. Well, you never know when you might need them. Back to you in the hospital, surrounded by your dead animal friends from your old right, from your old gang. After the poker game massacre. Yes, after the poker game. Uh, it's going to go down in history. Like bloody bloody Valentine. Valentine the third. The Valentine's Day massacre. Valentine's Day massacre. That's what it was called. But, the, but as we've established, it's Halloween. So this was the Halloween Day massacre. All Hallows massacre. Anyway, so he said he, your doctor gives you the choice to he, he's going to merge your body with machine and animal parts. Um, and, you know, like any good doctor, he doesn't um, get the tools he needs. He just uses whatever's around him at the time. I mean, he's operating you in your living room. Yeah, so he's just picking out what he can see around him. So, 
he can merge your body. He's going to give. He's giving you the choice here. You can either be. Uh, you can either be a half toaster, half baboon hippopotamus hybrid, or half Alexa, half platypus whale hybrid. Okay, right. We're going to have to go through these step by step. <laughs> so my first option, I've got a toaster. What would that be in replacement of? Your penis. Okay, so instead of getting erect, I just pop toast. Whenever you get aroused, the toast just pops up. So people know I'm aroused when the toast is done. They smell the toast. When it goes ping. Yeah, okay. Uh, what were the other two parts? So you'd be a half toaster, half baboon hippopotamus hybrid. Baboon hippopotamus. What parts of the baboon and hippopotamus? <laughs> well, I mean, the best part of the baboon, obviously. Right, so I'd have a baboon's arse, a toaster penis, <laughs> and I'm guessing a hippopotamus's arms and legs. And its jaw. Oh, and its jaw. Oh, so I could bite things and I could... Uh, there is rip- absolutely no part of your disgusting body left, Kyle. They've basically removed your brain and put it into this, this new cybernetic animal creature. So I am just a hippopotamus baboon with a toaster for a penis. Okay, so I'm hideous. No matter what happens, no matter which way this thing goes, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be terrifying. Imagine the rival gang. They're not going to come after me again. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, you, you can start yourself a new, you are basically now a one man gang. I don't, yeah, I don't need anyone else. Whichever one I pick, I have become the ultimate version of myself or the ultimate version of any human. Well, you're not human anymore. I'm just the ultimate. That's just what they call me, the ultimate. The ultimate. Behold, the ultimate. Born from the Hallows Day Massacre came the ultimate. And then I step forwards out of the shadows. That is quite dangerous. Everywhere you go, everyone's talking about how awesome you are because you will get instantly aroused. Exactly. And just start firing toast at people. It would be like a superpower, though. A shit superpower. Uh, because it would just be like, here, here's a bit of hot toast. Ow! That burnt my arm. So, yeah, I could give I could give people minor burns with by flinging toast at them when I get aroused. And you, you could twerk like no one's business. Yeah, I would look great. I would make some good YouTube videos or some good... Um... And um, what, what can hippopotamuses do? Hippopotamize. They've got big jaws, so they can rap. That's a... That's a... That's another fact. That's a fact. So what's my second option? Your second option is to be half Alexa, half platypus whale hybrid. Platypus blue whale hybrid. So it's quite a large creature. So I'm guessing the Alexa, again, is my penis. You you are a wise man, Kyle. You, I hit the nail on the head, did I? You did. They hit the nail on the head. Which, again, is it, that's, how they remo- that's how they removed and attached the Alexa. You have the head of a blue whale, but you have the beak of a platypus sticking out of the front of it. And, like the toaster announces whenever you're, you're, um, you're turned on, the Alexa just says, Hi! Car is really turned on right now. Okay, so I've got a magical box that. See, people th- might think we're making this Alexa thing up, uh, as if it's. Oh yes, of course. We should explain what an Alexa is. Otherwise, I mean, that that might be the most unbelievable part of this story. Um, I, I think so. A box that can do anything. There's this box that you plug in and ask questions, and it only seems to work with that kind of box. I've, I've got on other boxes that I've tried to plug in and talk to and they don't talk back. I don't understand what kind of witchcraft they're doing here, but somehow this kind of box versus other kind of boxes can talk. The box that can talk. 
It's a, a heartbreak, uh, an inspirational children's story. <laughs> the box that could talk. <laughs> Drawing a smiley face on a box. Oh, imagine if that was your kid's best friend, the Alexa. That would be very sad. It's a picture. Yeah, it's a picture of Alexa, but they've like put like a smiley face sticker on it, and the name of the book is My Only Friend. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to all good bookstores near you. Yes, Kyle. You have these two options available to you. Uh, Doctor Completely Insane Doctorson has given you this choice, and you know you can you, you know you can trust a man with that kind of professional family name. Yeah, I, I mean, I would grip him by the lapels and say, Doc, I've got a lot of trust in you. You you are a good man. I can tell, Doctor. Doctor Completely Insane Doctorson. Doctor Completely Insane Doctorson. I can tell that you are a sane man. And you will do right by me, no matter which one of these two I pick. Um, so I'm dying fast, so I need to make a decision, right? And, you know, you get to know this doctor quite well. He's, he's quite informal, actually. He tells you his first name. Um, he's, I'm definitely going to kill you. So it's Doctor, I'm definitely going to kill you, Doctor Completely Insane Doctorson, Esquire the Third. Oh, he's, oh, he's got that title, so you know he's, uh, he's on the level. So I would either be huge. I mean, I'm going to be huge either way. I think if you're half, if you're baboon hippotamus, you've got the arse of a baboon, so your arse will be huge. Um, your arse will be huge either way. You'll have, um, yes, you have a blue whale's arse. I think it really comes down to I'm going to be a weird animal hybrid no matter what. It really comes down to the penis. Now, yeah, <laughs> I've, that's what I've always said. That's every choice you need to make. Just think. How does it affect the penis? I mean, I think that's what's going to be my uh, my memoir title. It really comes down to the penis. <laughs> the Nathan Vosniak story. Would I prefer to have a to- toaster on my groin or an Alexa? See, I think an Alexa would be quite judgy. It would. It would. It would tell every single woman that you're attracted to that you're attracted to them. Oh my God, this would be terrible. Whenever you're um, having private man moments, it would be um, judging you. Although it is, it is the part it, it is the part that you would do that with, but it, um, yeah, it would be telling you, you know, why are you watching these um, elephants in bikinis? And an Alexa's constantly listening as well, isn't it? So I couldn't have any privacy whatsoever. Whatever I was doing, she would just keep butting in, like, like I don't know. Um, I think I might pop to the shops. Purchasing crocs. No, you stupid Alexa! You could never win an argument with your girlfriend. She says, "I told you to put, I told you to put the bins out." I don't think you did. Yes, he, yes, she did. On the nineteenth of November at six forty-five p.m. Here's a, here's an audio recording of her saying it and you saying, "Yes, I will do this." And then I go down to do the washing, and I'm like, "Oh, fucking socks!" It's like buying socks. No, Alexa. Oh God, any. Whenever you complained about anyone behind their back, whenever you'd beat them, she would tell them what you said. And not even tell them, she'd, re- she'd play it back to them. So I think I would prefer to have a toaster there. Also, you've got to think, anywhere I go in the world, I can have toast. As long as I can find some bread, I can make toast. Or bagels. I was going to say, you, have to, you do have to provide your own bread. Yeah, it's not a magically... Uh... <laughs> You're not a magical bread-making machine, Kyle. No matter... No matter what you call yourself while you're in your foreplay, look at me, babe. I'm a magical bread-making machine. Yeah, that's what I put on my uh, on all of my accounts. It's just Kyle, the magical bread-making machine. <laughs> um, no, you have to supply your own bread. 
Yeah. Would it be... Here's a question. If I put a picture of the toaster on my Facebook page or on my Twitter page or something, would that be considered offensive? Would that be considered rude? Would it be banned? Would it have to be pixelated? Not immediately, but when people found out that was your your genitalia, then yes. At first, they just think, "Oh, what a kooky, what a kooky fun guy." His profile picture is a toaster. <laughs> Actually, scrolling down, all of his uh, pictures are of toasters, the same toaster, and uh, yeah, a lot of them have some toast flying from them. It's very. I just realised the connotations of, of, of the link there. <laughs> Thank you, Carl, for that lovely image. So, yeah, for, for all of these great reasons, I'm going for hippo-baboon-toaster hybrid. I see. So you want to be able to constantly provide yourself toast. Yeah. I mean, do you want to eat toast that came out of your crotch? And toast that only came about because I was aroused. Hmm. It's another deep philosophical question that man has been asking himself since the beginning of time. Ironically, since before toasters were invented. But I still think that's more preferable than having an Alexa spy on me 24 hours a day. Tell everyone your deep innermost secrets. Judge you for anything you do on your own. Um, have, a, have a go at you. It's basically like being married to a robot. That's also your crotch. That is exactly what it is like. It is exactly like being married to a robot that is also your crotch. You basically you have a robot penis and you married it. That's what's happened here. And it 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 just constantly tells you you're wrong, and it's got the entire internet at, at its disposal. So oh my it, god, yeah. So you can whatever I say, if anything is wrong, she will know straight away. I've also realised another uh, con. Um, th- this Alexa robot penis would um have to join us on our podcast. Oh yeah, and every fact that we say, she would be contradicting us. Even though everything we ever say is is correct, she is clearly a malfunctioning robot. Definitely. Well, as we know, everything on the internet is wrong. The only true place you go for facts is this podcast, but she doesn't know that. So yeah, I'm going to live out the rest of my life as a insane high animal hybrid of a hippo as a half toaster half baboon hippotamus hybrid yes exactly um, and you are going to live forever as a vampire i think you've got the better deal here you've got the cooler gig the cool suave sophisticated gig here i look cooler but i'm i'm probably only going to last like a month before i die this isn't doesn't seem sustainable i mean i'm the comic relief of the cool cop duo fangs and claws and fangs but i now decided i'm gonna split off on my own and you and me carl are gonna form our own cool cop duo what would we be called (laughs) well i'm just referred to as the ultimate are you either claws or fangs or we could just call you pointy pointy and oh my god it's disgusting (laughs) pointer and toaster penis pointy and oh my god what the hell is that (laughs) that's what the new shows get yeah basically season two ends They, they, they introduce a brand new cast well, no, you're still, you're still, yeah, yeah, of uh, the original Fangs and... Um... Oh, yeah, I, I came in at the end of season one. I, I was in, like, the last two episodes of season one, and I was so cool and suave, they thought, let's get this guy as the main cast member. Yes, yeah, so they kick out Claws and Fangs, they get uh, relocated to America, and uh, they bring in me as your uh, psychic. You, you become the boss, and, yeah, we run this agency together, and there's a bit more of a... Uh, there's a bit more action in this season. Oh, yeah, I mean, my youth... 
you fire toast at the bad guys. Yep, I'm like a superhero now. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just seducing everyone into stopping crime. Basically, that's my technique. Every time, every time there's a criminal, I just start making, I just hypnotize them. <laughs> they come towards me and start snogging me. So yeah, you hypnotize them. I shoot toast at them <laughs> from your groin. From my groin, and then uh, take them in. And that's the end of each episode. It, that's basically how each episode ends. That might be some difficult paperwork to fill out. I think, yeah, do you have, do you have to file paperwork every time you fire toast at a criminal <laughs> discharging your weapon? So yeah. I think um, we have come to the, the best decisions available. Yeah, we've come to the best decisions available and we've also gained a three-season TV show somehow. And we've both become immortal creatures. Because I'm pretty sure... Um, you are so deformed and disgusting you can't possibly die. God will God will not accept you, Kyle. <laughs> just every time I die I'm just suddenly revived magically. That's that's another of my superpowers. You've been rejected by God. I've been rejected by heaven and hell. So it's neither of them want yes. me. Neither one of them will claim you. <laughs> Freaky toaster penis, they call me. So yeah, we have come up with the correct answers and become our ultimate selves, and no one can disagree with us. But if anyone does disagree with us, and anything we've said in today's episode, then let us know in the comments. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please follow and subscribe to the podcast on Patreon. We have new episodes up every two weeks, and it'll help us out a lot if you do. And if anyone does want to write in and disagree, please direct the, them to me and we can meet up for a, a lovely bite uh, you can follow me on twitter at kyle m bennett that's kyle underscore m underscore bennett with two n's and two t's and you can follow me at n vozniak art which is n w o z n i a k and then art and if you don't know how to spell art then we don't want you following <laughs> that was needlessly cruel i mean you're you're a disgusting unholy creature but even i have my limits <laughs> We can't afford to be rejecting people. <laughs> well, you don't like anyone who doesn't count. No, that's true. That, that is offensive to me as a religion. Uh, yes, that is where you can follow us. And I said and, but I didn't have anything else to say after that. So that, that is where you can follow us. And that is the end of the sentence. That's where you can follow us. And Nathan will follow every one of you in real life. He will stalk each and every one of you. Whenever you turn around... I'll be there. If I wasn't a vampire, you'd see me in the mirror behind you as you go into the bathroom. And just think to yourself, every time you smell burning toast or... or see a mist. Or see a mist, one of us will be there, lurking in the shadows. Well, good night, everyone. <laughs> this has been If You Had To, though. I've been Kyle. And I have been Nathan. <laughs> <laughs>